0: welcome to Ephus and the Southpaw. My name is Anthony. They call me Ephus Tosser, and I'm sitting here with the lefty, Michelle.
1: Yes. Hi, I'm Michelle Neat. I am the Southpaw. I'm left-handed, and I therefore I am superior. Shout out Will Moriarty. He knows what's up.
0: I don't know who that is or why we're shouting him out. Is he like? Is that like the Ned? Is that like Ned Flanders?
1: Ned Flanders, but like, yeah, he's my he's my Southpaw friend.
0: Oh, oh, you have a little left-handed friend. That's cute.
1: I, f- I felt like a slight bit of condescension. <laughs> no, no, bonus. no.
0: I have lots of right-handed friends, so...
1: I mean, yeah, because y'all pretty much run the world.
0: You said it, not me. Um, by way of introduction, this is our brand new podcast, Ephus in the Southpaw. Paw. Ephus in the south paw—that just rolls off the tongue. Ephus and Ephus. the
1: south paw. Because a,
0: a south paw, Ephus would be.
1: A reverse sat grinky.
0: I had problems with people calling Grinky's slow curve an Ephus pitch because it didn't have vertical rise. I have—it's like a personal thing. Brock Holt threw an excellent Ephus pitch. Uh Brock Holt. Yep. Um, Anyway, so this is our brand new podcast, Ephus and the Southpaw, where we look under the hood at the little things that make the game of baseball such a great sport. Since we are brand new, I thought it might be a good time to sort of introduce ourselves and talk about our pasts in baseball. Um, But first, we do a little thing around here what's it called it's called what's the tea what's the tea um anything you want to talk about today uh any big stories you want to
1: comment on
0: big free agent signings
1: oh my god so here's the thing that carlos correa stuff i'm not even ashamed to say i'm a grown woman but i was sobbing like sobbing on my couch and my boyfriend Will, God bless him, he was just sitting there and kind of shoulder patting me. He's like, "I don't know what to do. Should yeah. I get you chips?" Mm, was, that's a
0: good, that's a good first move.
1: Yeah, he's the. That's how I know I found like the love of my life, because yeah. his knee jerk reaction is to get me ranch flavored chips. <laughs> And I think you remember while we were out one time, he said, Michelle, how many conversations about ranch dressing do you have a week?
0: I do remember that we were, we were at a game. Um, so you're unhappy. So so, so Carlos Curry, I, I broke the news to you. I knew before it was made public. I said,
1: fuck, he's gone.
0: You had some responses through, through our text chain. You were—you called me maybe a, a liar.
1: Uh, oh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> but I will keep talking for the sake of this episode. Mm-hmm. Nothing I say can be used against me in a court of law.
0: Mm. I don't know that that's accurate, but <laughs> like I, said, I mean, legally, I'm not an attorney.
1: I am not either. I am a personal trainer and a personal assistant that does things haphazardly,
0: sort of. Is, is is your friend Will Moriarty an attorney? Maybe he can advise you.
1: Uh, yeah, he's actually going to law school in Boston right now.
0: So he's not an attorney.
1: No, not a full-fledged one. But soon.
0: One. Soon, very soon. Love that. Great, a left-handed attorney, just what the world needs. Um, so you were unhappy about Carlos Greya, is that fair to say?
1: I was sobbing uncontrollably, so yeah, that's 100% on point. Um, I also got really just... Just the whole free agency for the Astros have been kind of mind-boggling because, I don't know, maybe you can speak on this because I think you have a better idea of what went on. I I just, how did that happen? How did that all go down? Because supposedly, like, Altuve was quoted as saying, like, he was blindsided by this. Is that true?
0: That I can't answer. I'm not, I don't know Jose Altuve. We're not close Um, I think the whole thing was, there was a lot of misinformation in the world, um, some of which came out later that, you know, uh, Jim Crane sort of leaked, or just someone on the Astros leaked that they had re-engaged with Correa, and Correa's team says absolutely not. Um, So there's just uh, some discrepancies in the information, but... Now your, your Houston Astros uh, are without Carlos Correa. Trevor Story signed, also. How do you feel about that?
1: Um. Well, how is he doing physically? Is my question.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of rumors around that his elbow was was hamburger meat.
1: And strangely enough, when I told that to Will. We ordered Shake Shack at just. Will
0: Moriarty or will your boyfriend? There's a lot of wills to keep track. Will my
1: boyfriend.
0: You ordered Shake Shack when you told him. So I'm sorry, you said, honey, Trevor Story's elbow is hamburger meat. And he said, "Mm, hamburgers.
1: (laughs) He said, now I'm craving Shake Shack.
0: I respect it. I respect it. Because he's from New York, so Shake Shack's in his blood. Okay,
1: I'm going to say something that is probably going to get me shot. Shot? Shot. But as much as I love Whataburger and it's still fantastic, Shake Shack gives it a run for its money in and out this trash.
0: Well, you're wrong about In-N-Out. I'm going to say this. Okay, so I don't like... This is definitely a one-sided rivalry. Like, Texans really like to go after In-N-Out. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's this weird one-sided rivalry. Californians don't do this to Whataburger, but I'm going to say this. When I was in Houston last year, I tried Whataburger. I really wanted to like it. I tried it very quietly. I wasn't going to, like, make an announcement about it. It was...
1: Mid. It was mid. I mean, listen, I feel like honesty is the best policy. And if we're being honest, you might be on to something. I take back what I said about in and out uh, I just don't like their fries, to the be Their fries
0: honest. are so bad. It's a problem.
1: Yes. Shake Shack, I feel like, wins in that category.
0: True. Sure. Five guys pretty good, too.
1: Oh, man, there are so many good.
0: Yeah. I know the police.
1: Listen, I live in a crime-riddled area. <laughs>
0: well, but let's say they're going away. They're not coming. So
1: I mean, I feel most comfortable in... Uh, Areas with a high rate of crime. <laughs> a little taste at home. <laughs> boy, oh boy! Especially right now in Houston, Lord Jesus.
0: Oh yeah, I hear it's pretty bad. But um,
1: okay, so let's move on. Let's move.
0: Let's move into the. Let's, so we kind of just touched on it. You kind of just brought it up. Um, I wanted to just like, where did you grow up? How did baseball into your life? Did you play baseball? Did you watch baseball? Talk to me about about young Michelle.
1: Oh, young Michelle, she was. Uh... She was an interesting cat. Um, Oh, I got into baseball because, so I was born, uh, I I wasn't born in Houston. I was born right outside Houston, uh, I guess, if you can call Abilene right outside Houston on an Air Force base there. And then pretty much right after I was born, we moved to Houston and we lived in Houston for quite a while. Um, but, uh, I was somewhere between six months to like somewhere when I was six months to a year and a half, uh, I don't know really cause that timeline was fuzzy and my cognitive abilities, obviously you were a baby, I was a baby yeah. and that's when I was taken to my first Astros game mm. at the dome, the AstroDome, And, uh, I mean, pretty much from there on. My dad will tell you that it was me who just kind of took to the game of baseball. Uh, I never got to play because I had a lot of issues with my lungs, being as I was an extremely small child, uh, but I always wanted to. So when I got older and my lungs were, you know, strong enough, I mean, now it's not an issue because I'm ripped. uh I started to. I went out and I just googled baseball coaches and I hired a baseball coach to well, learn how to play because I really want to. And this is still the thing, this is still the uh, goal. I want to work in the MLB with underserved players. Uh, Houston is my first, and I can't say only love because I do love my boyfriend, but
0: and Whataburger. Um, and it's crumbled it really is in the last three minutes
1: yeah 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 Um, I just think that the uh, I think that I used baseball is something that kind of stabilized me because mm. things were super chaotic when I grew up so anytime that popped off or anything was popping off in my home uh, I went outside and I threw whatever ball I could up against the side of the house Um. I mean, I'm not particularly skilled now. I do have a wicked cannon, uh, Pretty strong. From the left side. Yes, from the left side. Uh,
0: yeah. like, you're like Gary Crochet.
1: I feel honored to be mentioned in the same sentence. Um, but I guess it's not an overly complicated story. I don't know how detailed we want to get, but... that's just, That's the story. I just, I love the Houston Astros with my entire heart uh and my soul I feel that um because it goes beyond baseball for me. And especially like if I look back and I go over, you know, the course of my life, the one thing that has been there, that has been that constant, that really held me down, especially during super hard times. And um, I'm gonna get a little emotional because that's, I'm just dramatic.
0: We're being vulnerable here.
1: Vulnerable. Um, When my uh, brother passed away in 2020, it was a really hard time. And the only thing, like, the only thing that made me get out of bed, the only thing that, you know, made it worthwhile, like, to get up and, like, make sure I fed myself, because it's a pretty gut-wrenching experience to lose a younger sibling and then have to watch your parents go through that. But the only thing that held me down, that held my dad down, were the ashes when they finally got to play. And that's why, like, I think the 2020 season, you know, even though we got so close... We didn't quite get there. Um, the 2020 season is one that I'll remember forever. It just, even though it was 60 games, it meant the absolute most.
0: I love that. Um, I have a bit of a different story, but a, 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 a basically the same conclusion, really. So I grew up in southwestern Ohio, um, in a little town called Huber Heights, Ohio, um, outside of Dayton. So I grew up watching the Reds. That was my experience. Um, Joe Nuxall, Marty Brenneman uh, on the call, on television, listening to them, uh, taught me the game the guys growing up, Chris Sabo was my guy. I was always a Michigan fan. Don't ask how that happened, but I was a Michigan fan and I was a third baseman and I wore glasses. So Chris Sabo was like a god to me. So he's got like the rec specs. Um, His nickname was uh, Spuds McKenzie, which was my nickname based on the party animal from I think it was Bud Light. Um, Yeah, so we had the same nickname. We played the same position. We both wore glasses. Uh, He looks a lot like my brother, which is incidental but uh so yes like those are my guys like Ron Oster and Nick Asaski and uh Dave Parker and Eric Davis like I grew up it was a bit of a drive to go to Cincinnati to see a game um and we weren't we didn't we were not affluent we didn't have a lot of money so we didn't get to see a lot of games but my dad made it a point for us to go every year at least once and I remember um when Pete Rose was going for hit number 4192 when he was going for the the record my dad took off the week from work we went down to Cincinnati he rented a hotel and we went to every game of that homestand so I was there when Pete Rose hit (gasps) 4192 Which at the time was the record, they later found out, I think he had already gotten the record, because they had miscounted, they'd like counted two of Ty Cobb's hits or something, I don't know, whatever, Um, they'd counted some of his hits twice, but anyway, so so I was there for that, but I'm not currently a Reds fan. I have a lot of a lot of my team loyalties kind of do run through my father and through my relationship with my father at the time. So I mentioned um, I was a Michigan I'm a Michigan fan from Ohio. That was because my dad was an Ohio State fan and I was just being feeling contrary. Um, but with the with baseball, it's a bit different. So my dad and I didn't always get along. We didn't have a great relationship. But in 1987, we went on a business trip to Houston, Texas. Speak on a king.
1: Hmm? I said, speak on that trip. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we went uh, down to Houston, Texas, just my dad and me. It's the only time I can remember ever spending time with just my dad and me. The only time I can remember. Um, now, my dad, you know, he would coach my teams growing up. Like we, He was, like, involved, but we didn't do a lot of just like one-on-one time. And so he took me on this trip. And while we were there, it was November of 1987. While we were there, we went on a tour of the Astrodome. And we went down below the field and there were some batting cages there. And again, so I didn't know what it was. As a kid, it was very... It meant something to me that I was not from Cincinnati. I was from Dayton. And that was like... For young me, like, very important. I don't know why it was such a thing, but I was like, these are not... Like, Cincinnati teams do not belong to me. I don't get why that kid thought that, but it did. And there were a lot of players that I liked on the Astros. Nolan Ryan, Mike Scott, uh, Kevin Bass, Dickie Thon. Like, there were a lot of guys in that era that I really, really enjoyed. Um, No Chris Sabos, but still, a lot of guys. So when we went to the Astrodome, November of 1987. We go down down below the field to the batting cages, and there's Kevin Bass taking batting practice. And Kevin Bass is this large human being, just like filling the space, just like crushing baseballs. Um, And I'm just transfixed. I'm just like staring at him, mouth agape. And he looks at me and he says, hey kid. I'm sure he didn't say hey kid, but in my my version, he's like, do you want to take a couple of swings? Yeah. So I step into the cage, I could barely pick up his bat. I think it was like a 35 ounce bat, it was a really heavy bat. I could barely pick up his bat. And I'm sure that my swings were trash. Uh, in my head, I made contact with one. I probably didn't. Um, but from then on, lifelong Astros fan.
1: Well, listen, all that matters is that you felt you got a hit in your head. <laughs>
0: not a hit, like a foul tip. I don't want to... <laughs> listen,
1: listen. Foul tip, hit, tomato, tomato. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, so... so I I have been an Astros fan my entire life. I do still have a soft spot for the Reds. That is the team that I grew up watching. It was tough because at the time, we were in the same division. Um, Until 2013, we were in the same division. So that was tough, but it works out fine. Now the Reds are garbage. They just had a big fire sale. It's no fun. Um, But I also grew up playing. I did not, I was not very good. What position? though? So I was a third baseman. Um, okay. I was a really, I had a really strong arm, a really accurate arm. I was a good defensive third baseman. I hit fine. I had really good uh, strike zone discipline. I was a high. I was. I was. We didn't use these words then, but I would have been a high OBP guy. The problem is, at some point, the pitchers started making the ball move. They started throwing curveballs and sliders, and your boy couldn't hit those. So um, in high school, I lost. I tried out for the team. Now, I played a lot of sports in high school. I played football. I played tennis. I played hockey. I tried out for the baseball team, and I lost to a guy with a fantastic name, Basil Blizzard, uh, who is no longer living.
1: Rest in peace, King. Rest
0: in peace, Basil Blizzard. Um, He took my job at third base. I mean, he was better than I was. And that was it. I never looked back. I never, that was it. That was the end of the line for me for baseball.
1: Would you say that young Alex Bregman looked to you as an inspiration? Did Alex
0: Bregman look up to me growing up in New Mexico? Yeah. um, Listen. And did he look to a a junior high school?
1: (sighs) Yeah, listen, Uh, crazy things have happened. I don't know
0: that they have.
1: Yes, are you kidding me? Jose Canseco is mostly alive and still walking around. That's a miracle. That dude has put himself through a lot. Uh, Just to clarify, no disrespect to you, uh, Mr. Canseco.
0: He's on Cameo now.
1: He's on Cameo. I might get
0: you a Cameo, Jose Canseco Cameo. (laughs) You should have seen your face when I said that.
1: My face kind of lit up because I want him to talk about his car wash and the Cameo. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh <gasps> goodness. Oh boy. Um, so yeah. So um, I. So again, once I moved on to college, and then I went. I went to college in Northern uh, Ohio near Akron. I went to Kent State. And there I started watching the Akron Arrows, who are now the Akron Rubber Ducks. Um, They were like my connection to baseball. It was my first... I think my first minor league games were in college. And after college, I worked as a musician, largely on the road. I traveled, I did tours, I was always on the road. And something that always... Gave, that always grounded me, that always sort of gave me peace. If I was somewhere where I didn't know anybody, if I was anxious, if it, whatever it was, I would find the local minor league stadium or college stadium or high school stadium And I would go to a game and the rhythm of baseball, the pace of baseball always just really calmed me down. It really grounded me and it really gave me, it feels like home um, no matter what baseball stadium. And so that's how I got really into the minors and into, I I watched Mike Mousakis and Matt Dominguez as high school teammates in Chatsworth up the road. Like I would go to whatever game I could find and um that has persisted. So I always say I'm a fan of, of players first and teams second because I do really like to follow prospects. I like to follow the minors. I like the play, I like the guys who play this game. Like I really like their stories, I like telling their stories. Do I have a favorite team? Yes. But um, I mostly I like I like the game. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense?
1: No, that makes total sense that um, you're a... Yes, I mean, you love the Houston Astros and you're a lifelong Astros fan, but you love the game of baseball.
0: And I think it's interesting that I'm a lifelong Astros fan, but I didn't go to a home game until last year, 2021.
1: I mean, they don't even need to be in the stadium to feel the magic.
0: They won every game I went to. I went to four games.
1: Okay, so where were you during the World Series last year?
0: Well, I was in Houston, but I wasn't at the games.
1: Okay. Well, I'm gonna have uh, the front office have a chit chat with you. Maybe send Dusty Baker after you. Uh, I fear and respect that man, but that's usually like how I view almost everyone. Hmm. I fear, respect them. Do you fear, respect me? Of course. Really? Yeah. I mean, why not? I feel like that's I respect you, you more than me? I fear you. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: So, as you've grown up, you've moved around the country, you've lived in a few major cities. Mm-hmm. Um, how has how have you maintained your fanhood?
1: Well, um, I've maintained my fanhood by keeping pretty close tabs. So I have a subscription to the Houston Chronicle, and i um, I have a routine. I have a routine, and it's I, ju- I go down the list, and I. So I check, like, I read up on the Houston Chronicle. I read, uh, you know, I check out Bleacher Report. I check out, uh, check out ESPN. Then I check uh, Blummer's feed, uh, C- Todd Callis' feed, Julie Morales's feed. I basically troll the internet and not in, like, a facetious way, but, like, troll as in, like, s- like search out anything I can about, you know, baseball, about prospects, about the Astros. That's why I really maintain my fandom. And, um... I mean, I wish I could say it was difficult to maintain it, but it's been a breeze, like, even with, I mean, after the scandal broke, that just made me dig my heels in harder, and I am one of the most vocal defenders, and I'm talking about quite, uh, quite actually vocally defending them, uh, at the and this was prior to the scandal but uh so in 2019 uh i think it was game three or game four of the alcs green Key was starting and they ended up winning that game and it was in yankee stadium and people were trying to talk smack to green Key and I, sh- I got in their face and i was like uh expletive 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 your mother oh, blah blah
0: you went right after the mother
1: because uh, yeah, they were talking about his mother So I'm going to talk about their mother Sure. I understand it's unnecessary to shout back At the uh, mouth breathers But there is like a Primal instinct yeah, There's
0: sw- a catharsis to it too
1: Switches on and I'm just like no, nope, you ain't going to run your mouth about my boys That's like Because I
0: am a nerdy Jewish boy From the Midwest, I do not do that Because I'm pretty sure I'll get punched in the fa- in the face
1: Oh, uh, there were some physical scuffles, nothing too severe, nothing that really called security over there too much, but I think what really threw the security officer's off is it was me, and I'm the size of, like, I'm like a Polly pocket with an aggression problem, (laughs) and it's like talking smack. And squaring up to these dudes, just like a mouth breather from Staten Island, who uh, I have no problem. Like I'll name names off the air, but he don't deserve that. He don't deserve that smoke. Like oh,
0: I know who. Do I know who?
1: Maybe maybe not. Maybe, but. this mouth breather from, uh, he, he wanted to, he was trying to square up with me, and I was like, I dropped my, I had like a thing of like chicken fingers or something, so I dropped it, and then like I jumped up on the bleacher because I needed to maintain like eye level contact. It was still like a few short. Yeah,
0: had a high disadvantage. So I'm like uh, so sorry to cut you off. I want to back up. You threw away your chicken fingers? No, I
1: set them to the side. Oh, okay. I never waste chicken tendies or nachos. I think my love of ballpark food is extremely well documented but the security guard like came around and it's a a portly dude and he had he had corn and i've seen him every single yankees game that i've attended that's an astros versus uh yankees game i've seen him he like rounds the corner he just starts laughing
0: mm-hmm.
1: just starts laughing because he sees me and he's like this can't end well for some reason, this is why I don't get some Yankees fans. No offense to uh, ones that are friends of the podcast, but he stopped the confrontation like mid at like mid sentence, and then he like his face changes, and he's like, "So, how would you feel about going to dinner oh. later this week?" And I was like, "I honestly would rather lick the stairs at the stadium." because inevitably if you did that or like any public surface in New York you'd get like multiple diseases.
0: Well, I wouldn't recommend anywhere licking <laughs> public areas Listen, like
1: I, I don't recommend it, but if given the alternative between And this is
0: No, 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 I know. I'm just saying I don't think that's unique to New York. I think that we need to give New York a break on that because I feel like Listen, this pandemic, don't lick things that don't belong to you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll stick with it. Don't let things <laughs> that don't belong to you. No, I'm, I'm going I'm to stick with that. Um, I think it's funny that I asked how you keep up with, with your team, and it's turned it now into you fighting
1: people. <laughs> hey, this is not the first time it's well documented that this is why, in that time, there was no violence juice involved. And I say mm. violence juice, but I maintain it um, – I just, you know, I stay relevant. Like I read up, I stay informed. You know, uh, check out, I check out uh, you know, Baseball America. Pretty much any fan, anything, every site, I have them bookmarked in both my Chrome browser and Safari. I'm just like very dedicated. If it's something, and this isn't. This might be unique to baseball in the Astros. I just, I don't think it is. But um, if when I like something and I enjoy something or someone. I really enjoy it, and I want to know. Like, I take it, I take my fandom seriously. I take my love of the game seriously. I mean, uh, there's nothing like, there's nothing like it. There's nothing, and, and here's how I know it's a serious kind of love. It's um, there's nothing in the world that makes me feel like the game of baseball does.
0: Mm. I was going to ask you, what do you follow other sports?
1: Uh, I mean, kind. But, and listen, I'm going to say this with my chest with zero apologies. The Texans are a garbage dumpster fire. I'm sure they'll get better after the draft. The Houston Rockets, I'm not going to speak disrespect on their names because they are trying. Jalen Green, he's on fire. Uh, I just, not as If they were good,
0: would you be following them?
1: I know, I'm not a bandwagon. Like, I've been a Rockets fan since I was younger. Uh... And the Texans fans since they existed, uh, cause that's still a fairly young franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I really don't like, and I'm the first to admit that, uh, that's why I really don't, I really don't try to engage like, like on any social media sites about other sports. If somebody just has a flat or ignorant take, then yes
0: oh sure yeah i um you know i grew up i was very much the sports guy like in college i found as an adult i really part of this is because i'm so obsessive so i really only have time for one sport as an adult and i chose baseball which is maybe the dumbest one because it's 162 games and even then it's still going on um yeah, like I grew up watching him playing football. I grew up watching him playing college football. I never really got into basketball because it was always during hockey season, which I grew up watching him playing. So, um,. I grew up watching, watching him play tennis, tennis. but yeah, yeah, as an adult, like I, I don't, I don't follow any of those um, at all, actually, and so I, I think that's very interesting. Some people are like sports people, like they follow all of the sports. And I just find that good, good for them, but also. I don't. I don't have the time for that in my life. Not not not, not that, that I have, have less time than they do, but rather I think I just put way too much time into baseball. Way too much time.
1: Well, I feel like you only, if like everybody only has a finite amount of time and resources, and you have to be very discerning about how what you put those towards, and uh, it all depends on how what you place value in. And I think that baseball is a beautiful game, and it's worth placing value in. and, and I mean, I'm the same way. I value a handful of things. And uh, pretty much anybody who does know me can guess those off the top of their head and they'd be spot on. Baseball being one of them. Um, I think that more than anything, and I don't know that I've touched on this before, is that... I Maybe in other cities it's this story, but I think especially in Houston, it's really cool how there is a sense of community. And at some points, I mean is I mean Astros fans have been through a lot together and so I feel like there's that a sense of closeness with the majority of I mean not all but the majority of um I mean, that's.
0: Yeah, and to speak on that, I mean, I think that even goes back before the cheating scandal, which obviously sort of hardened us because we had to, you know, we had to kind of take on all comers at that point. But even before that, I think when you go back to 2009, 2010, and then into the the 100 loss seasons, you know, 11, 12, and 13, like, I just think we really, those of us who actually follow the team, especially then, we kind of had to, like, dig in. Like, it was was like, if you're going to root for this, horrible team, like you have to care about where it's going. So you did kinda have to like dig in and like really get your hands into that team I think. So yeah, I agree with you. And I think, uh, you know, it's been interesting to me because I grew up not knowing any other Astros fans. fans. I lived most of my life without knowing any other Astros fans until I started blogging about the Astros in 2009 was my first blog. And then a couple of years later, um, I joined Crawfish Boxes over at SB Nation. So I wrote for them for two or three years, primarily doing minor league coverage. But that was really the first group of, like, Astros fans I ever met. And then um, and then really, like, through Twitter, I connected with a lot of people. And now it's like, um, now I have, like, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Now I have, like, friends in Houston solely because of of the Astros, which, which is interesting. interesting. You, you mentioned went, earlier that you went to an Astros game in New York. Did you go to non-Astros games in New York? Like, do you just um, go to a game sometimes? Like, what is that like I for you? I
1: did, like, when the, um, gosh, when uh, it was the, uh, Staten Island, I've been like, a Staten Island Yankees game, I've been to a Brooklyn Cyclones game, um, I went to... I
0: mean... I, I like know, the Brooklyn Cycle. I, I like, like MCU park. park. It's really nice. It is it's got really the, nice. the roller coaster behind the outfield wall. Oh boy, that roller coaster is very fun. fun. I've never been on it. That so was my only... My only time at Coney Island is actually to go to that park. I watched Michael Conforto hit his very first
1: professional home run. That's bonkers.
0: At MCU Park.
1: Can I uh, interrupt us for a second? Of course. So... um Will is going to come back in in a second Okay Just wanted to physically preface for that Not
0: Will Moriarty
1: No, Will, my boyfriend
0: Will MB Will MB Yeah
1: Michelle's boyfriend And I have a chicken in the oven that I need to get out real quick, is that cool?
0: Yeah, you should get the chicken out of the oven
1: Yeah, I can't waste good lemon chicken
0: That's true Did you? Maybe. Messy. I expect he went to this
1: podcast. All right, and we're back.
0: Okay, okay. um... Glad you got that chicken out of the, the oven. Game. So we were talking about, do you ever just go to a game um, that isn't a team, that isn't an Astros game? Or you, you and, I and I recently, I, was that, that your first college game? We went to a USC game.
1: I think when I was younger, we went to an AM and game because, you know, my dad and my whole, the whole, like, dad's side of the family went to AM. and uh, I probably would have gone there had they not eliminated the Legacy Scholarship the year before I entered college. Uh, so it was community. College from there, but uh, yeah, we went to the uh, get. We went to a game at USC. It was uh, University of Connecticut versus USC. That's right. USC, obviously.
0: They were involved. They were involved. Yeah. Did you have have a good time?
1: time? I had a blast. I would love to compliment USC on their nacho game. It was on point. My lord, were those beautiful nachos! And I straight, there was like maybe like four chips left, but. I went to, I did some
0: work. And you're yeah. like, would you, you call, call yourself a, a Nacho con, kind of, like a, a, a corniceur? Sewer.
1: Sewer? Oh! oh, oh. Snap. I like, I like it's it. It's
0: not great, but. That's why
1: I value him, is that he thinks that maybe these aren't great, but these are on, this, this is on point wordplay.
0: I'll, I'll take, take it. it. I accept. Um, you so so there because you you were really like you were you needed to know if there were nachos. This is an important thing for you, and I and I was like, I'm not sure they have a truck. I know they have chicken tendies, I and mean, I think that got you off the ledge. You are like, okay, yes, that's a fine backup. Yes, I think that um, if you
1: know the Yankees haven't done it already, they need to make sure that. Um, their games from this point forward, they make it very clear if they do or do not have nachos, because that shit drove me crazy last year.
0: Do you mean, like, how Minute Maid announces whether the roof is going to be open or closed? Yankee Stadium should announce whether they have nachos or not?
1: Yeah, because Yankee Stadium is poverty because they don't have a roof, so they let weather mess up their schedule. The least they could do is announce their refreshment schedule. Do they not always have nachos? They did not at all last season. They had, like, a handful of things. Like, they had, like, the, the garlic fries are so, like, are so good. And then they had, like, uh, you know, like, like the, the King Hawaiian branded, like, Hawaiian bread rolls?
0: Do I ever.
1: They had, um, so they had a, a little, like, Damned at Yankee Stadium, excuse me. Uh, and they had sliders, like little chicken sliders, and they had like chicken tenders, and you could buy like a bucket of sliders and fries and tenders for like 25 bucks. And I remember uh, Drew, who is a Yankees fan, he came with us. Uh, uh, my boyfriend Will came, uh, was there. Um, Kush was there. And. Uh, These he, are all humans yeah these are all real human beings just for clarification uh was there and that fed all of us that evening That's for 25 dollars for like 25 bucks it was a really good deal was it just no but you know i i'm a resourceful person so i need you
0: i find as in my experience the chicken tender fry combo is always the most filling for the least money it's always the best, like calorie to penny for your bag. If you want to be, if you want to go calorically dense, that's the way to go.
1: Yes, calorically dense. I have to compliment Minute Maid Park on their uh, on their nacho game. Um, but anyway, let's go back to USC. So USC, that was versus uh, University of Connecticut. University of Connecticut really put it to USC, and I gotta say I was one of the most enjoyable experiences, because I'm like, oh, oh my god, this is what it feels like to watch a sport that you love that you're not heavily, and maybe to one unhealthy point, emotionally invested in. I understand this, I'm self-aware, I know that it's emotional transference, I put too much, you know, no, I'm not even gonna say that. There's no such thing as putting too much value in baseball, because it is invaluable. But it's thoroughly enjoyable, and, I found myself, um, I mean, I was taking the furiously detailed notes up until the point where I got up and got notches, and after that it was just like game over.
0: Yeah. You're all human. Um, I, on the other hand, do not eat at baseball games. Ever.
1: Is there a reason why? Yeah, so, you know... I mentioned
0: earlier that I like have blogged about the minor leagues, about the prospects. I'm really into prospects. I kind of feel like when I am at a game, and I know this is a bit silly, but I feel like I'm working, um, and so I feel like like I'm taking video, like I'm I'm taking notes, I'm doing the things, and so I don't I don't want to get up and go get food um i, I don't, don't really, really want to like, like put, put down, down my work to, to eat it, it. Sometimes, sometimes i, don't. I might like, like when i was when i would do uh when i was writing for the, the crawfish boxes, boxes i would frequently I would get, get media credentials and, and so i'd be the in the, the press, press box, box. so, so that's, that's a little bit, bit different because you get got like, like a desk like you, you can, can put, put food down right, eat and do the work it's fine but in a in the like regular part of the ballpark it's really difficult In my experience?
1: Yeah, it was pretty difficult because at the point, like, I had just paused, like, taking notes, and at that point, I was just so full up with, like, nacho cheese that I couldn't manage to take notes. I only think I could manage was to cheer on the uh, young man playing shortstop for Connecticut because he's from Brooklyn. I was like, let's go Brooklyn! And then for some reason I felt the urge to shout, I know that's not your name! That's <laughs> right.
0: You did. That's true. Um, do you remember what his name was?
1: Uh, I don't remember what any of those players' names were. I did meet a super nice, I think he was a parent of one of the players. Super nice guy. Um, I was just kind of like Ronnie all over like wow number 44 is killing it 47 is killing it number one killing it 26 is trying very hard and you know what i was a kid tc you're a king and you put out some good hustle and some good effort tc simmons
0: are talking about who i am right now um his name is brian padilla brian padilla that's your shortstop friend from brooklyn
1: he wore the number one
0: number one in your heart and in your program. Um, Great. So, will you be going to more college games, more minor league games? Will you be going to, dare I say, Dodger games? Will you be going to Angels games Now that you live on the West Coast?
1: Um, I'll go to Angels games, but I'm going to have to, like, mentally and physically prepare myself if I'm going to go to Dodgers games because I'll be honest... Um, the there is a level of talent in their organization, I will commend them. And, um, I mean, there are positives about the organization, but like very extremely well run organization, physically repulsed by the Dodgers. And that's not just like I'm not trying to talk put disrespect on their name, it's actually like,
0: respectful, like, you, you, no one hates a nobody. <laughs>
1: And that's the thing, the thing is I don't, I don't necessarily, necessarily hate them. I think, I think that maybe a lot up. of the uh, There's just large fraction of fans, fans that have really tainted my desire, desire to... Taint. God. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he's my podcast partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, feel I feel like I, I will definitely, definitely go, go to... Um, uh, I'm, I'm still, still debating on going, on going to every game in the opening like the, the opening, opening series, because I know that's in Anaheim, and I thought that was like an hour drive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and tickets, like dugout tickets, are crazy cheap, because the Angels have been mid to below mid at best.
0: Yeah, although I feel like for the last three or four years, even though they have not been good, good at the end of the season they're, they're like, like predicted to, to, be to be competitive at the beginning of the year so you think, think their early season ticket sales will be decent um i don't know if you know, it's, it's just, just like, like people in orange, orange county don't, don't want to go to baseball games they have, they have other things they would like to do, do. i don't no, know but, but it, it is interesting, interesting because, because it, it's, it's it's always inexpensive to go to a game there
1: i mean it's correct because i was like comparing you know, these are openings like because the home opener for, for the Astros is until like later in April. Um, the the price, price difference is wild staggering, which I think. I I'm not even going to touch well, on the it. the Astros are coming
0: it's off of an American League pennant, so I'm sure, you know, you know they've, they've won three of five. They've, won, they've won, like, you know, they've got, got, got a World series. series. So I think, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's maybe based, based more on the past than on the, the, the present, present, I
1: guess. Yeah, I feel optimistic about it all. But, yeah, yeah um, back, back to your question about, about I do, do see myself going to some games so. uh, I will probably um, only go, go to, like, the Angels games or, you know, if whoever the Astros are playing, I will go, I will go see them You only go
0: if they were playing the Astros, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you were ever to be like, hey, let's go to a, a such-and-such game, I mean, if, if there was a team, team that came, that came through that has a player that I like, because as I've gotten, um, you yeah, know, as, 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 as I've matured, matured as a person and, and um, as a fan, I have kind of started, have started veering towards, like... The, Obviously, Obviously, the actual my first love, but um, players um, um, and the, the Angels have some uh, pretty fantastic players. I got Shohei Otani. my lord. I don't really lust after players that much, because I one day hope to be working with them in a professional capacity. Uh, but Shohei Otani is chef's kiss.
0: Um. So speaking of that... as we move into 2022, and you now live on the West Coast, and, and you know, the Astros, uh, we're two, two years into the scandal. scandal. I think people are starting to finally move on a bit, at least to sort of the, the everyday uh, fan. Um, now that you're on the West Coast, and you you are in the same city-ish as ish, as a division rival, um, how do you see your fandom changing this year? Now we're doing a podcast. Like, How do you see, not necessarily your relationship with the Astros, but you Relationship with the baseball? Do you see? Do you see any any changes coming?
1: No, um, I feel like uh, at, at least on a major league level. No, um, I feel like uh, having been, I'm fortunate enough to you know be your friend be your did you say Unfortunate enough no, to no, be no, my no, friend? No, no,
0: fortunate. Gosh, no. How dare
1: you! Oh my gosh, what have I done?
0: Sorry, I cut you off because I was horribly <laughs> offended. So you, sorry, sorry, go on. Lies!
1: I did not say, I say that. I believe am that you didn't sound like that. enough, I am blessed enough to be your friend and, and your podcast partner and I think this is, um, you've really, really gotten me into, into, now I have paid attention but made, not in this great of detail, detail to prospects and to um, just like college, college players, players. I, I think that for my uh, minor years I have paid, like, like, uh, paid attention to, I do a lot of, like, I don't, I don't like, like to publicize this but it's an organization that I, you know, know worked with over the past years. Adopt a Minor Leader is uh, an organization and uh, that I've been very involved with. Uh, there are um, I mean there's a player that I Uh, was sponsoring for a very long time, and I still help him out, but then there's another uh, uh, independent league player that I uh, am newly sponsoring, and I refrain from using their names just because the whole aim of that organization is to protect player anonymity, Um, because it's not always, I mean, it's really hard to Feel very like it's a pride like, thing. Uh, absolutely. And the thing is, it's um appalling that uh, that's. I feel like that's a whole other episode that will get into that. In fact, that's
0: our next episode, I believe. So, so we'll, we'll be, be talking, talking about treatment of minor leaders very soon. Yeah,
1: well, and I think that's where. Um, I think that, I think that my baseball, baseball fandom. Uh, I mean, maybe it's, it's not my baseball, baseball fandom per se, but, but I think that a lot of like. Well, where uh, my line of work is going to take me is working with those minor leaders because I feel like there's not enough people uh, not enough people speaking up for them there is increased uh, attention but uh, I want to work with those who don't necessarily uh, get the love and attention that they need
0: love Love that that. Um, great I think that's that's an episode. episode
1: Uh, so it's been, um, it was an adventure, it was a learning experience
0: We had a big uh, learning curve at the beginning Oh lord Then we got on track
1: mm-hmm. And,
0: and the next, next time we'll know what we're doing
1: it will go a lot smoother Because I will have my ducks in a row My rubber ducks if
0: you will mm, I will I definitely will. Um, So parting words of wisdom, uh, if there are to be any, I would say uh, don't lick things that don't belong to you. And um, we'll see you on the next one.